I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood, the insane joy and the anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes, water wipes are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, making them ideal to protect and gently cleanse sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. In this very special episode to celebrate World Down Syndrome Day, we are joined by best-selling author, food blogger and mother of three, Gina Daly. The last few years have been life-changing for Gina and her family. As parents to a 12 and 10-year-old, Gina and her husband Carl's heart grew again. Pregnant at 40, Gina was aware of the risks, but following a miscarriage in 2020, she knew this baby she was carrying would be so very, very loved. Here we talk about her natural concerns, her hopes and joy upon meeting baby Jean. We talk about why she chose not to go through with the test for Down syndrome, how her maternal instinct had already told her, the relief when he arrived safely and the happiness he has brought to their world. Baby Jean was born with an extra chromosome of awesomeness to a family that will raise him to know he is unstoppable. By understanding Down syndrome more, we can create a world of support for every child. Gina, thank you so much for joining me on Everyone the Podcast this week, a special week, of course, as we mark Down syndrome. And I want to talk to you about a very, very special little man who came into your life 14 weeks ago. And I think anybody who follows your account has he has stolen the hearts from us <laughs> all because he is just a ray of light and happiness. And I want to thank you and your family, I think personally, because of the just the sheer the sheer joy that you speak about when it comes to Down syndrome. There is absolutely no negativity or or anything concerning. And if I were pregnant right now and I was getting a diagnosis of Down syndrome for my baby, I would be finding such incredible support from your account and your stories and your posts. And it's it's a real asset. And I, I'm not sure if you know what you're doing, but it's a real asset. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much, Nate. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, and th- that's that's absolutely amazing to hear that feedback because I think sometimes people can possibly tiptoe around the subject and, you know, everything is lovely and wonderful on Instagram and people aren't necessarily very forthcoming with words like that. Um, so for me, I guess there was never uh, any negativity. It was always, well, I suppose his diagnosis was only from birth so I didn't know prior to that Um, and from the second I laid eyes on my little man there aren't enough words in the world to describe the happiness that I felt when I seen him and I knew that he was sent to me and I was meant to be his mammy and if I can just show people how wonderful children with Down syndrome are, as, as so many people have shown me through their accounts and people I followed and watched their journey. I was never afraid. I was never worried from him, for him. Um, I knew once he was well, his heart was good. His organs all functioned. He had 10 fingers, 10 toes, even if he had 11 fingers, 11 toes, didn't matter. He was perfect. And children with Down syndrome are perfect. Mm. And they can achieve anything, they can do anything, and we will never, ever have worries for our children because so many things have changed over the years that they can reach their full potential and there's no, there's no limits. They'll never be held back. 
it's always that thing, isn't it? That we, especially even when we asked, we're asked about gender and what are you having, and are you going for the boy? Are you going for the girl? It's such pressure, and you know our natural innate response as soon as you fall pregnant, even if up until that point you did imagine a family, but from the moment you get pregnant, it is so true that you just feel like I don't, I don't care, I don't care mm. as long who this is, as long as they arrive. And they are well. You know, I remember when I was pregnant feeling that, like, I I, also, I didn't want to know the gender. I wanted to just meet whoever this was going to be in that moment. Because it is such a, a precious, it doesn't happen that often in your lifetime that you get to just, in that instant moment, meet whoever it is that this baby is going to be. Tell me about the birth and everything like that around it. Like, so how were you feeling in that moment? Because I know for some there's, you know, you're exhausted, there's trauma, there's, you know, for some it's, it's section and it feels a bit rushed or what was going on for you? Um, yeah, so like that, just so excited to meet the person that was inside me. And the, like, I made this little human being, like, it doesn't matter what what they are but like I I had two um I have a son and a daughter Holly and Ben and like I've had three very different births like so different um my my boy and my girl were uh natural births um but quite the first one was quite traumatic second one was very quick but like traumatic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like and that and I I I would be the first person to say I would do it a million times over and mm. um, it never kind of put me off childbirth or anything like I was like yeah you just have to do what you have to do and this guy uh was bisection mm. so it was completely different um and I think the run-up to it obviously there was there was a small idea in, planted in my brain that there possibly could be a diagnosis um of Down syndrome but not that I put it to the back of my mind. I did have conversations and we did talk about it. But we said, look, it doesn't matter. Let's just see what happens and see who he is when he arrives. And I was on my own having him. So I went into, I had a planned section for the Monday. And I, I started having pains on the Sunday. Carl was sent home. Nothing's happening. She's fine. Come back in in the morning. We'll keep her in. No point in sending her home. She's all checked in. 11 o'clock that night, uh, I, I started having pains and I have a serious pain threshold. I know all us mammies do, but like, I'm like, oh my God, this is really bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, 60 seconds, 60 seconds. Like, okay, I think I'd better ring the nurse. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm in labor. Um, and I didn't want to have a natural birth because I had it all planned what I was doing and I didn't want to put my body through that this particular time in my life I'm, I'm 41 now um, and I just wanted my body to heal without any complications and uh, Carl didn't make it up I'm lying out on the table and I just kept saying to myself it doesn't matter it doesn't matter he's not here I would have him in the field if I could because with all the crap of COVID over the last two years appointments on my own I was like doesn't matter once he come, once I hear him cry yeah, everything will be it. worth it and literally all I could hear is Jesus Christ <laughs> he's running <laughs> <laughs> he came out his legs were going 90 she's like I've never seen a baby run out of their mother he's dying to get into the world and the doctor held him up and the second I laid eyes on him I was like oh my god he's the most delicious beautiful little boy I've ever seen but I knew instantly yeah that he had Down syndrome and the nurses took him aside and they were checking, you know, all the markers and stuff. And I was like, he has, and like, I'm, I'm off my brain on whatever they're, and I'm like, he has Down syndrome. <laughs> they looked at me and they're like, oh, did you know? And I said, no, I said, but only when I, 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 I seen him, I said, um, no, I know he has. And she, she came over and she said, she would, they were lovely. And she said, oh, she said I kind of had a feeling you knew something was wrong because you didn't smile and I said no I didn't smile I said because my nerves were gone that I wouldn't hear him cry I said but when I heard him cry my insides just went (sighs) 
and they gave them to me and then Carl came in and um, yeah, it was like a magical, magical experience, even though the, the things that happened, I, I was terrified of being on my own and I was on my own and it was absolutely fine. So, um, yeah. I'm sorry I got lost in my conversation no but that's what ha- like that's what happens with birth stories it's just it's it's you relive you're reliving yeah. the moment it's it's incredible it's absolutely it was, incredible but it was um, only 14 weeks ago you know and as you said like there was so much leading up to that of concern around COVID and would you be on your own and would the plan go mm-hmm. to plan and you know 14 weeks ago what are we at there just kind of leading into into Christmas it was um, the end of November, the 29th of November I had. So things were still, you know, locked <laughs> down. Yeah. Uh, we've, come a long, we've come a long way since, but for the most of your pregnancy, certainly there would have been concern. You mentioned there that you had something in your brain that maybe there was going to be a diagnosis. What along the way kind of gave you that feeling? So when I found out I was pregnant, um, I had after about five weeks um, I started to have a little bleed and I had previously had a missed miscarriage um, in the September before so my instinct was like oh no you know this isn't Mm. good Um, and I went straight to the early pregnancy unit in the hospital Um, and I was like look this is the story I've had a miscarriage um, I, I'm I'm 40. Um, I know my risk. The risk is higher. Um, can you please check me? And they're so lovely, and they're like, "Look, we'll, we'll have a, a look and scan." It was so early that there wasn't much to see at the time, so they're like, "Look, come back next week." And went back, and uh, I it was actually the due date of the baby I had lost. Yeah. I started, it just was like a massive, massive bleed. I thought it was full-blown miscarriage. Um, and I bled for like 10 full days and I had just no hope. I, You know, my heart just sunk and I was like, I've come to terms with, I've, I'm, I'm losing this baby. And when I went in after to have the next scan, she's, she, she turned the, the screen away, you know, to kind of, not to show too much and then next thing I just seen a big smile and she turned around she was like yay look at the little heartbeat and you're there's your baby and not going anywhere and he wants to well he or she wants mm. to be here so just relax don't be stressed enjoy it and your body will you know just don't put yourself under too much stress and just let your body enjoy your pregnancy and just take each day as it comes so I was like okay that's great and um, it was so early on and I didn't want to be telling, you know, it's like old wives tale, don't tell anybody till you're 12 weeks. But I was like, this is probably, this is going to be my last pregnancy and I wanted to enjoy every single second. So I started to tell people and I was like, you know, if it, if it doesn't end how we'd like it to end, I still have that joy and that, you know, that wonderful time of being pregnant and know and, and sharing that joy with other people. So at that time, they had said to me, look, because of your age, that you are a higher risk of, mm. of um, you know, different, various different things. But obviously, uh, T21 was the, the main one, um, Trisomy 21. So she was like, would you like to go and have scan and testing done? And like, I'm like, I ah, know, like, no, it's fine. What will be will be. And I hate saying that what will be will be and what's meant to be is meant to be. But I was like, I don't care as long as this baby is healthy and well it doesn't make a difference to me and it was simply because I had been following girls over the years with uh, babies and, and older children who had Down syndrome and I saw how magic their lives were and and the kids you know were going to mainstream school and all of that so I never had a worry I never had a concern Um, so that was fine and then I went for my big scan as they call it but it was at 25 26 weeks and um she she was kind of she was all everything was happy and jolly at the beginning and she she kind of was a bit off at the end and she was like oh I can't see his face and I'm going to get you to come back in in two weeks and I'm going to do a rescan and 
she said, I just, I just want to re-measure his legs and stuff, she said to me. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. But she, the heart, everything was perfect. So we had no worries. We went away. And I remember on a Thursday, I was getting my hair done and I got a phone call from the hospital and they were like, um, can you come in early for your appointment today? And I'm like, I'm so punctual. I'm so precise with everything. I never let anything. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know I had an appointment. And then I started to panic. And I was like, how did I miss this? went into the hospital and she said look he didn't actually have an appointment today I'm sorry if I if I stressed you or anything she said it's just I was going through all the paperwork and scans of the mummies over the last week and something has shown up on your scan image and instantly my heart sunk and I thought okay this could be anything serious I just thought it was going to be something serious and she said um there's there's uh we the femur the, isn't measuring as we would like it it's measuring on the shorter side so in my head I said okay there's he's going to have a short leg or two short legs or you know that's easily fixed not an issue you know these things are fine I was like oh that's grand is there anything else she said no 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 and she said but it is a marker for down syndrome and I was like oh that's okay you know and she was quite she was not that she was taken back, but I think she was surprised at my reaction because I think she was full blown waiting for me to like break down and be in bits. And I was like, listen, we had this conversation before. And I said, you told me that if you, as an older mammy, she had a, a child when she was in her 40s, you wouldn't have given a shite what, mm-hmm. what your child had once they were happy and healthy and well. And she says, no, I completely agree and she said I'm so happy to hear that she said I'm delighted and I said uh okay and she said because she said it is some you know you you can have a a massive different variation of reactions and she said some mammies do grieve the child that they should be you know that they are expecting to have and Mm -hmm. yeah and that can be quite hard for 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 people to take on board and I was like no I said, listen, I, it, and, and this is my, this is my, I know it sounds real, blah, oh, whatever, it's grand, but that, that's literally how I was. I was like, no, I'm, I am fine and I know everything is going to be fine. But she said, look, because there can be risks um, at the birth, we need to have a plan in place and we need to have to have a team ready that in the, you know, hopefully it's not going to happen, but in the event that there is an emergency and the baby needs attention, we need to have a team ready. And I was like, look, that's completely understandable. I'm happy to go for the testing. So I was booked in, in Hollow Street. And uh, I was waiting, you know, it was a, I think there was a two week wait. But I, in the meantime, I had a, a, another scan, the, the re-scan. And it was literally the day before I was due to go to Hollow Street. And she's like, oh, no, his leg is measuring fine. Um, and everything else looks fine. And she said, obviously, we can't do a diagnosis via scan because it has to be done through bloods. But she says, I can't see any other markers that would indicate that she said I would normally see or I might see. So she's like, look, it's totally up to you what you want to do. And I said, oh. so I rang Hollis Street and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? What <laughs> there tomorrow? Um, I'm due to get tested done. I was like, oh, that's grand. Don't worry about it. And she's like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. I said, look, if he has Down syndrome, he has Down syndrome. And I said, but they're, they're happy enough that his heart is healthy his lungs and all his vital organs are fine so I don't think we need to worry so she's like we're here for you anytime book in if you want if you change your mind and I was like no it's grand but from that day obviously it was always planted in my head that you know this is this is something this is a possibility Um, and I had conversations with Carl and I had conversations with my dad and my sister um, and we all said the same thing what about it like you know he's going to be loved he's going to ha- he has a big brother and sister to guide him through life and show him the ropes and he'll have his first point with his daddy and he'll get a girlfriend and you know things will be wonderful so then that was it really and it was always just in the back of our minds but we always looked for like you know every day just took each day as it came and everything was always fine and then it wasn't until I had him then that and it wasn't even confirmed because when you have a baby with Down syndrome yes they have the features and yes you know you know they know but they can't put a diagnosis on it until they have the blood work 
um, so they take blood tests and or do, take blood work and so it was kind of you're not in limbo because obviously we all know do you know what I mean but he's like the doctor and I have to say if this doctor was in every single hospital when a baby or a child with any disability is born the world would be such a magical place because he came up and he said I, I had come up from recovery and Carl had him skin to skin. He was at the day in his, his initial checks and he's like, his heart is perfect. And that's the most important thing. And he said, do you know how lucky you are? And I said, oh, I do. And he said, he is so special and children who have Down syndrome are capable of anything. He said, you will never have to worry. He will get on so well in life. And he went on and told me all these, you know, it was, there was never, I'm so sorry, because that's, I've heard that happen so many times from doctors and nurses, but it was such a positive vibe in the hospital. And they were all so, oh my God, look at this little man and he's amazing. And we talk about all things. So that doctor for me, because I could, like, I didn't, there was never a wobble in my emotion, but I think he just made me go oh my god this is just amazing this is got this is a going to be such a journey for us and we're, we were so you know so excited for for this little man and bringing him home and meeting everybody and his brothers and sisters so I think they need to write a handbook he needs to write a handbook for every doctor in the country yeah <laughs> but it has such a such a, a mindset shift like if you're told a diagnosis we, we all still have this feeling of like doctor knows best and you have to, you know, they're the expert in the room and you're seeking so much visual communication, body language communication and verbal communication, like everything that they come into the room and say you're picking up on as a parent because you're just like mm -hmm. a sponge of is this good or is it bad? Is my child okay or is my child sick? You know, you're terrified even because just postpartum and hormones and the whole thing like you're just tell me everything is just going to be okay because I've <laughs> just fallen in love yeah. so I need you to tell me it's going to be okay there is an age gap so apart <laughs> from apart from dancing apart from any of that how did it feel being back in the baby days <laughs> it's funny actually um because like all my friends obviously would be my age and um, my friends who are in their 50s as well. And it's really weird because when, when I was, when I told people I was after having um, a miscarriage and I know this, this, it is, and it is terrible because a lot of them are like, ah, you know, going back to all that baby stage and everything else. Mm. And you're kind of like, oh, hang on a second. You, are you all right like I've just lost a child and my heart is absolutely broken I'm not thinking about oh it's great now that I don't have to make bottles and change nappies mm. you know and yeah it was a surprise and yeah we were shocked when I found out because I hadn't planned and we hadn't planned on more children but Jesus Christ that was like the you know it was it was so we were delighted and you kind of think god nobody like obviously you know my 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 close family were, were happy for me but then it's like are people just can give a shit like you know and and or you know asher what's meant you know what's meant to be is meant to be and that's why i always say it's i hate saying that because i heard so much of that when i had a miscarriage and i heard so much of um asher look you know your age and this that and the other and things that i thought was so stone age and so like I'm like I'm young like yeah okay I'm 40 but Jesus Christ I'm a young woman you know I'm, I'm perfectly capable of you know having a baby and, and and it not but yeah I think that really that really had affected me as well so like you know you're grieving your the, the baby had lost and your your heart is broken and then you know then you've, I just want people to you're made to feel like you're foolish for having even put your body considered into that position yeah and now it's like you should go and get the the coil or you should go and get this because Wrap you don't want to have now, to go love, through you're that done. yeah you're done. done done you're finished yeah and I remember just thinking no like I'm I, like I'm not I'm not finished and I'm empty and I don't know how I'm going to fill that void and I don't know like that I I, I, I had an ectopic pregnancy on my very first 
um myself and Carl when we like we we decided we want to have a baby and our first pregnancy was an ectopic and because I like I was only 27 or 26 at the time and I was like oh no look you know I was devastated I had to have my fallopian tube removed I had you know it was a full open surgery but my mindset was I'm I'm a young woman I'll go on to have more children everything will be fine and I had to be positive and I had to think that way because I, I am a very positive person and I always believe like when I want something when I think of something it's like I manifest these things you know and 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 it's going to be okay I have to believe that um, and this time around because I kind of felt I was at that age where oh my god like it, 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 and you do get to a stage where it kind of hits you going oh my god I may never have any more children and you know like my sister actually had said something to me last week and um, she's gone, gone through the menopause. She'll kill me now for telling her her, <laughs> her business. But um, she's like, so devastating to, to hear somebody say, you can't have children anymore, you know? And she said, because she said she was like, she was really fertile and she had two boys and like, she always knew she wanted to have another child. She was blessed that she didn't have any issues or any problems. And she's like, and then, you know, I, I'm going through the menopause and somebody had said, oh, you can't have kids anymore. And she said, I'll never forget how I felt that moment thinking, oh, my God, don't say it like that. It's really kind of devastating. And I suppose for me, I felt, you know, I could go through the menopause at any stage. That could have been my last chance. And how dare you say that shit to me? Because I don't want to believe that. I want to, you know, think I know. And I, I, I was never the same Gina I was before I like that ha- I am happy go lucky and I do love my life and I love my family I love my kids and I'm I'm very fortunate that I have a nice comfortable life and um, not like I'm not you know I'm just happy I am happy but I lost who I was in those few months because I felt like I was like at a dead end I felt like I oh my god this might never happen and I didn't want to have to go for treatment I didn't want to have to do fertility or anything like that I always said look you know again I use this more than probably anyone is it (laughs) (laughs) but you know if it didn't happen it didn't happen but I I really wanted it to happen and then finding out I was pregnant and I think for the kids it was you know sometimes you 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 underestimate your children and, and how much they take in and how much they listen to you and like when I had done a pregnancy test they were in this is like how shocked I was they were in the room and I was like oh my god came to the kitchen I was like you're pregnant and of course like yeah of course she knew you know she sees the and I'm like how do you even know what that is she's Gina she's a teenager she knows what the, you know she sees these things on the internet then I wasn't pregnant and I'm trying to explain to them what's up happening, the baby and mommy and all of these things. And she was so upset and she was so sad and they were so gutted because they had looked forward to this brother or sister. And then I got upset because I was like, I'm not taking that opportunity away from them. And, you know, your brain does all these crazy things. And then when I found out I was pregnant again, the worry and the, the fear that sat on my kids shoulders Holly especially as a young teenager for her mommy's health her mommy's safety and the little baby that she was carrying and every time I went to the hospital what's wrong what's wrong I'm like oh no we have I have to go and get checkups and stuff you know so um the age gap is is great because they're great help and stuff but it's also when they're so much more aware of, of what's happening and what's going on but um I think <laughs> like going back to bottles and night beads and everything I'm so relaxed and I'm so calm now I don't know whether it's the kids or whether it's me but I I have a really calm nature and nothing stresses me so it's like baby's in my arms he's crying he's asleep he's down for the night Buffy's done everything is done and he just seems to have slotted in he's like the missing piece to our family so it's not like that whole oh my god I have gone back to bottles and Jesus Christ I was at that stage in my life where I should be going on weekends away the kids are old enough nearly to mind themselves type of thing but no it's been it's been amazing and just I'd never ever in a million years change it and yeah so I have bottles and you have nappies yeah (laughs) you know I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around well firstly I'm trying to wrap my head around how people could be so insensitive towards you 
once you've just said the words, you know, that you've just had a miscarriage. But I'm also wondering, like, you are a young woman. You know, you're not, you know, and a few times you've kind of, you've said it about your age. And I know the hospitals do, you know, they have to tell us the risks after a certain point. But I wonder, is it because your other two children, you had them relatively young? Like a lot of women now are starting their families, are having their first in their early, mid or late 30s. And maybe it wouldn't feel for the people around them so strange for them to add another at 40, 41, 42. Maybe it's because of the gap in between. The people were like, you're going, what? You're going back to that world? But I know so many who will be having them in their late 30s and early 40s. Mm. And it's not a bit, and all their, you know, their families are young. That maybe it's that, you know, you were in your 20s when you started. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think like if I had have had uh, three or four children and maybe had like, you know, a three or four year gap between them because I had my first two so close and then left such a gap. Um, but I also think is that like I have I have friends who are in their early 40s who are just in new relationships. And I know they, you know, they're they're only going to start having babies in the next few years. Please, God, that all goes well. Um, but it, it definitely, I think it definitely came from uh, people who have kids the same age as Holly and Ben and no, nothing else after that. And they're, you know, they're now at a stage where they can go to the pub for a pint and they can, you know, the, the eldest one can mind the, the next one. And yeah, it seems, it seems bizarre, really, doesn't it? Like when you're, you're kind of going, oh, well, it's probably a good thing because now you can go out and get pissed and now you can go out on a weekend away and these are the things that some people yeah. think about which wasn't because I'm like if I want to go away in a weekend we bring we do everything with our Together. kids like we're yeah. we're such a family family and weekends you know like I I have a, a friend of mine is like my God, you're like, you used to do everything together like do you not need alone time and I'm like well, we do have alone time like you know we get a babysitter but like I I would rather go on a week away. Mm. I've only been on one holiday on my own with Carl in 15 years. So, and we went to a beep, it was mental. And I was like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> but I would rather be somewhere making memories. Cause like I'd walk along somewhere and I was like, this is amazing. But I wish the kids were with me yeah. that they could experience it with us. So that's the type of family we are. So it was never like, oh God, now I'm not going to be able to, you know, do this or I'm not going to be able to do that. So I do think it came from people who, who had no intentions of having any more kids and whose kids were that bit older. And it's like, are you mad? <laughs> like, what are you at? This is the stage. This, the words are, this is the stage in your life where you start living. Oh. Like we've always lived and we'll always live. And he's not going to make an ounce of difference. You know, it's. He's adding to the life. Yeah. It's so a bonus. Much. So he's much. He's a bonus. Yeah. This podcast is just one way that every mom can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a really strange one because, like, do you ever really know that you're done? Do you ever really feel... And, and I'm... I'm... Don't, I'm struggling big time with that question for for our family you know around that not not unless you now's your time to live but you know do we have it in us to sort of mm. you know to go through it all again and you know look even just the, the childcare cause the financial like the whole thing yet there's like this hormonal and then like like the the heart, like you, my heart is like, I want, I could love 17 more of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, if our house could fit them. Like, yeah, it's, it's a really difficult thing to know. Do you think having, you know, getting pregnant and it being a surprise and then your heart being broken, do you think that told you, okay, there's one more left for us? Oh, yeah absolutely absolutely like when I like 
obviously I had the the two guys when I was in my 20s I was 30 having them and we were in a very different place then financially um than we are now and um, like 15 years later and you know then we're like oh my god you have another one and it's you know a bigger car and bigger house and like we we, we were we were you know after buying a, a, a lovely home you know we had a mortgage up to here you know um everything was bills and debt and you know and you want to provide everything you can for your kids and you want to be able to give them everything so you know we we always said yeah we're done you know because it's easy to say yeah we're done and you, you're you're saying you're you're kind of making it out that yeah I don't want any more kids but it's it was never about not having any more it was always about finances and about you know giving your kids mm. that you have now the best that you can and we weren't actually like yeah okay if we had another baby we'd have been fine but we didn't we didn't want to put that we didn't want to not give I, I, I don't know whether I'm I complete, it right, no but, I, com- I completely get you yeah. in that as well it's like we have the two and maybe we need to give them more of our, of our time of ourselves time. of our yeah. experiences opportunities of everything of and everything yeah then, I totally get you but but now that I'm in a completely different place in my life than I was like 11 years ago even having them and um, financially mentally everything uh you know, because I remember years ago when we got our mortgage first and we're like, oh my God, like a mortgage is like crippling. And I always said to Carl, in 10 years time, we'll look back because I said rent will be mental, everything. And we'll say, we're lucky that we have such a low mortgage, you know, and, and how things change and inflation changes. And then now I've had Jean and this this is so funny because <laughs> I'll have to close the door now to Carl. And I was like, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we should have another one, <laughs> you know? And he's like, are you serious? Not like, cop on, are you serious? But he's like, really, would you, would you go again? And I was like, like I would, because I'd love him to have a sibling that's so close to him, like Holly and Ben, there's only two years between them and they're like this. And, and then he's like, well, look, you know, who am I to deny you? <laughs> you know, and all that kind of stuff. But obviously I have to think now I have Jean and, we have to give him everything that we can at this. And then as well, as like, I am young, but I have to think in 20 years time when he's 20, like I'm going to be 60, you know? And when, when I'm, when he's 40, my age, I'll be 80, you know? And sometimes my, my heart kind of does a little, cause I, I just always say like your brother and sister are going to have to be like, are going to be the ones that are going to be making sure you're okay. And that, you know, that we can leave this world knowing that he's mm-hmm. been looked after and he's safe. So, you know, it's 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 a funny old thing, really, isn't it? Like, I think so now, hard. if I think if I if I was in the same position I am now, ten years ago, I probably had five kids. Yeah. <laughs> but look, that's just life, and that's just the way things go. And we all have to just do what we can do, and not, you know, just yeah. <laughs> you talk about you're in a completely different space a completely different life completely world the last couple of years has flipped our lives on our heads but for you in a massive positive way you know we're here to talk about the addition of Jean into your life and how he has transformed you know your world and your heart but wow you've had such success over the last couple of years besides Jean <laughs> and um, yeah and I I will be forever grateful for the internet and well for an Instagram and be forever grateful for COVID and I mean this in the, the best possible way I don't think our success would have like I, I hope I, I like to think it would um but the when our we we wrote a book the book was published and the day it came out was the 20th of March, uh, 2020, the day the world shut down. And I'll never forget sitting, I was in the car park in Aldi in Leithup and I heard it on the news, schools are going to be closed and this, that and the other. And I was like, Our book, <laughs> bookshops are closing down, the city centre, the world is shutting down. Yeah. And I was like, look, it doesn't matter, you know, we didn't we did 
it wasn't as if we had 10 cookbooks before and you know this is just whatever we haven't had success we haven't had anything so when COVID is finished in a couple of weeks or a couple of months we'll go again (laughs) it'd be grand but because um everybody was at home nobody was in the office or working they were cooking they were you know and they they wanted to stay healthy and they wanted to you know enjoy nice food but didn't want to be you know I'm not I'm not out what people weren't out and about you know we were stuck to our radius and all that kind of stuff so cooking became a huge thing and it also became a big family event Mm. where people before were you know grabbing a quick lunch grabbing a quick dinner coming home throwing a few bits on for the kids nobody was sitting down together enjoying meals everything was hectic and 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 then all of a sudden you have this time Mm. and you have this time with your kids some loved it some didn't (laughs) and it's like okay um I've actually never sat down and cooked a meal what the hell am I going to cook and like our book is for you know it's a slimming book and they're healthier meals but it's for everybody and we because we're such a close family and we our joy and food is some people turn to food as you know as an emotional thing for stress or you know people always say to me oh did you have an eating disorder is that why you were you know did you stress eat and did you do all these things I was like I just love food like food isn't an emotional thing for me I love feeding people and I love the idea of sitting down at the table having like you know the laugh and having telling stories and feeding people to make them sit down and have those conversations with me is what I'm all about and and like I'd be like doing Instagram stories I'm like get the kids you know let's make a mess Mm. all right we can clean it up and so I think it it became a real joyful thing and people really enjoyed it and it's like the 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 market that our book was aimed at yes it it sold those but I think it also opened up a huge big other audience for us families and and people who just wanted to actually you know have the joy of food and it was just a magic it was incredible like we were the we were the biggest what was it we pre-sale our book went on pre-sale and we had been originally contracted to sell five thousand like if you sell five thousand cookbooks we'd be delighted and we're like oh Jesus Christ like that's a hell of a lot like you know we we were nervous we were rattling the day came out or the day we 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 announced it and our pre-sales on the first two days alone were over five thousand like we had the biggest pre-sales ever recorded in Irish history (laughs) <laughs> it's just like oh Gina and Carl God. from Mead, like two randomers just like to do a bit of cooking and like we, we're breaking these records and breaking you know all this history stuff but because Covid was such a, a crappy time and everything shut down we never and still haven't and we've since brought in another cookbook so both our cookbooks were number one sellers our first book sold over 50,000 copies um, and it's still in the charts to this day. Our second book is only out a year. It's doing exactly the same. We've never like had a celebration. We've never done a book signing. Like we went to bookshops, like, you know, in secret, yeah. or, like, you know, uh, we're all masked up and we're signing and, and like we weren't allowed around anybody, but we've never, like I sold out an event in Arnix, um for the first one uh, to do signings and you get a, and they said, the tickets all day in seconds and I was like oh my god people are paying to come and see us like to sign books and that was cancelled so now it kind of feels like did this even happen like is this real like what's going on <laughs> you know? and then you see people they're like I have your cookbooks like, oh my god that's crazy you know and even the nurse the nurse that's in the hospital with my dad she she she's um uh like you know people can be quite you know when you meet them I'd be, I'd, I'd always say like I, I'm nobody I'm a nothing not that I'm a nothing I'm a nobody like I don't consider myself to be insta famous or anything like that and people will message me oh I've seen you in Penny's today and I was afraid to come up and say hello and I was like Jesus Christ say hello to me please I'd be delighted to talk to people and this girl she's like I recognized your dad yeah. and oh my god and then you walked in and I have all your books and I'm like that's just crazy it's so amazing it's amazing but it's so crazy at the same time but yeah that side of things it doesn't matter 
you know, if we sold a million books, it still wouldn't feel real because of COVID. COVID was was brilliant, but it was a, a bollocks as well. <laughs> it stole, it stole those experiences yeah. and those moments. And it's right. Like if you haven't, if you haven't felt that explosion of like being in a room at a launch and like, Jesus, this is real. We actually did it. I, I can completely understand how it feels like that you're sitting there going, is it true? Like, are these numbers actually real? You have to, you have to plan a celebration. You have to. And not yeah, just, no, you know, you, you, you've had two books, as you just said, two bestsellers and Jean. Okay. You know, you need to, you need to mark that loss. You need to mark that beautiful little boy. You need to mark those two books. You have had a huge couple of years life-changing couple of years heart-changing family-changing career-changing couple of years you deserve to feel it all and to to let it sink in you really I do. might go to Ibiza <laughs> you need well bring them all bring the whole crew a whole lot of them bring them all oh. but you know what like if we've learned anything like you have to you have to live those moments you have to grab them you have to savor them because you've earned it you know, you might not. Yeah, I completely love that you feel like I'm not into this. I'm not into fame. I'm, I'm, I'm just me. But your books probably brought such joy to people who were so lonely, so bored, so uninspired. Food didn't become fuel anymore. It became a marker in our day and in our week. It became like, well, what are we doing for dinner? Because it's the only thing you could look forward to in a day. And your yeah. book probably for a lot of people holds a really important place in that memory bank of mm. the last two years, you know, flicking through the pages, the selecting what we'll make, picking out the ingredients, exploring it, tasting it like it was probably a book to you. But for the for all of those people that needed it right then, I'm sure they're thanking you for the moments that they had with their family, just eating something delicious that made their day a little bit brighter. Yeah, well, that's going to make me cry now. That's, yeah, look, do you know something? I think for us, it was, for us, it was never about, like, I was just so grateful that I was given an opportunity to do a book. So it was never about a financial thing or anything like that. It was always about our joy of food. And like that, over the, the last two years, the messages that I've received from people to obviously to say, you know, myself and my kids, we, we make a meal once a week or twice a week. And my 15 year old who is such a fussy eater now eats this, that, and the other. And those little stories really, you know, really spur me on. And it's like, Oh, this is, this is what I'm about. And this is what it's all about. But I did get it. I got one quite kind of an emotional made me very emotional message from a girl who had been trying to have a baby for years and uh they the doctors were saying she uh, was overweight and you know that was a huge issue and all of these things which drives me insane because I've I've been overweight my whole life and it was never ever and this time saying my doctors they need to just write handbooks it was never you know I know I don't need to be told you know you need to lose weight I know myself so to say it out, out straight to somebody can be quite damaging and quite hurtful and um, but she had said look she said I knew you know I know I'm not stupid I knew I needed to lose weight but I tried everything I tried all the things I bought your cookbook and I started cooking from it and I lost x y and z and um, and I'm now pregnant and she said I will she says I know probably nothing to do with it but she said I will always think of your book as being my the thing that helped me and it has me in this position now and I swear to god I said even if I'd only ever sold one book to that girl that would have been enough for me and that was just the most amazing story I'd ever heard in my life and I just I think I cried for about three days after it so I was like Carl that like that is unbelievable so yeah so for me it's those moments and it's those little things that are really special and hopefully if I ever do when I do another book that's what I hope to, to, to bring to the table with it and just to help, to help people and, you know, just to bring a bit of joy. One final thing for anyone who has just been told the news or has just had their baby and 
Perhaps the doctor didn't deliver it in such a way as you were told. After 14 weeks, can you offer any words of wisdom and support for that person who might be feeling that little bit scared? Um, yes, absolutely. And it is okay to be scared and it's okay to be worried. Um, and it's okay if you feel a bit of grief because we are only human. Um, but what one piece of advice I was given by so many mammies of children with Down syndrome and other disabilities and other um, things is that don't enjoy every day. Love him every day. Have, you know, if they could tell themselves what they, so say their child is 10, if they could go back in time and slap themselves and say, look, if I could show you 10 years in time, your child is fine. They're thriving. They're in mainstream school. They're, you know, they're living their best life. But mommy was asleep and worried for what was going to come ahead. Don't, don't grieve. Don't be worried because they will be absolutely fine and enjoy every single second. So don't waste a, a, a second crying or a moment where you're like, oh, just as, as hard as sometimes some days may seem, just take every second of that day in because in 10 years time, you look back and you go, wasn't I an absolute gobshite for thinking like that? And, and that's so many mammies have said that to me. So that's what I do. I just like, Every day is magic. Every day is amazing. And there's not enough words to describe the happiness and the joy that our children bring to us. Thank you so much for those words. Thank you for the fun. Thank you for joining me. I loved this conversation and I'm just so glad that we could celebrate little Jean and give those words of massive advice and support to any families that are experiencing this right now. And to really share a positive, positive, positive love around Down Syndrome Awareness Day and week. So thank you so, so much for your time tonight. I really, really appreciate it. And I cannot wait to see book number three. <laughs> if it ever comes out of that kitchen. <laughs> thank you so much, Sinead. Thanks a million for having me. Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are made with just two ingredients and are 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review. Share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest, Gina Daly at The Daily Dish on Instagram.